What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and somebody who this week has been looking back in the old photos. Tony Casillas, TC, what up? I'm doing great. Here's exactly right. I've been reminiscing and going back in the archives and reliving the days because, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do when you get to become. Um, an older adult and uh you know I, the bad thing about it reminds everyone how long it's been so uh, we, nonetheless um, it's great to, a great week to be, reminisce and uh it's very surreal memories i would say we uh we said we would be talking about you know kind of super bowl memories here well your super bowl memories i don't have any obviously um <laughs> and i i do have a question because i always wondered um there had to have been somebody that was always the camera guy like so and at the time we're talking like the big you know on your shoulder cameras yeah. maybe or, or maybe the fancier like the ones that hung on your neck and you had the little screen that you could kind of you know play with whatever who was the guy that always maybe it wasn't a video camera who was the guy always taking pictures like you know what i mean like documenting it saying guys we got we got to document this for forever you know what i mean um, I think I think Dale Hellestray was was that that type of the, the kind of the video guy, mm-hmm. and most people had it. And I think that uh, you know back then the, the cameras you carry around, you see the old pictures of you know guys and videos of them recording everything. Um, you know that was kind of the uh, the thing for it. Uh, I don't think at that point they didn't give us cameras, the little <laughs> flip ones. I remember when we got the the smaller versions that came a couple of years later, but we didn't have them in '92. Uh, it's funny how you mentioned that. I was thinking about now with the, the pandemic Super Bowl and I was watching Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady doing a Zoom call this morning with the NFL. It made me think about the media row, you know, or right. media day. And media day was at, actually was at Dodger Stadium, believe it or not. That's where they had it in Pasadena. And I remember uh, I wanted to, I always thought watching the Super Bowls, RJ, is that everyone has a podium. You have your name tag and you go to different guys. And, and I'm thinking, when I watch those, I'm thinking, because I you always think about this stuff. Right. And I said, if I ever go to the Super Bowl, I want to be, I, I guess I want to be big enough for I have my own podium. Right. And lo and behold, uh, I got a chance to to live that. Went to Dodger Stadium and they had my name on the podium, Tony Casillas. And this is going way back to MTV days. I think the biggest move, memory I had was downtown Julie Brown. She was uh, on the MTV. She was one of the VH, the, the, you know, the jocks that did the, was on, you have to look it up, but she asked me a question. She's British. She's British at the time. And so she asked me a question. I think I did have, I don't know if it's Hellestree. I don't know who it may have been. Russell Maryland may have been someone on the defensive line or I don't remember, 
I said, hey, make sure you video that because I wanted to show everyone that I had a chance to talk to downtown Julie Brown when she interviewed me at Super Bowl. Because, you know, people just ask you all these right. irrelevant questions. And it was MTV at the time. It was Vogue in 92. But I think the greatness of the internet now is that you go back and you can get the pictures from back then. And right. it just brings back those surreal moments. So that I think the video of that and just... Uh, being able to live that man that was greatness man that's awesome yeah um media night was uh we're recording on tuesday generally the monday of super bowl week is uh well it used to be during the day right like it used to be media day for you guys and then then the nfl turned it into like a prime time television thing that they would put on tv i've been to four of them and two were at at baseball stadiums yeah um, so and- i was gonna say you yeah yeah, in Houston, yeah. it was at Minute Maid Park. And then in Miami, mm-hmm. um, I forget what the name of this is. It's, it's the Marlins Stadium. But that that's a really, really wild stadium. But mm-hmm. um, And it's crazy because you're right. Like, there's just dudes on podiums. And, like, and people, like, for anyone that doesn't know, like, you're getting asked, like, the weird – it's nothing about the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's the <laughs> stupidest questions in the world. Um, and that, like, now it's gotten to the point where – people it's it's like a thing to dress up like a few years ago i think it was in minnesota some dude was like a tom brady lookalike yeah. and and he would walk he was walking i know that those the photos of him were, were, were viral <laughs> right. and everything uh but it was it was crazy so um okay well i want to get to a little bit more of this uh but i do have to ask you we kind of just jumped into the super bowl stuff i've been meaning to ask you this for a while tony did you get gamestop stock because i feel like you know that's a tony casillas question no <laughs> well, I, I, well, because here's the thing, I, I, you know, it's like this brick and mortar place, and the, the GameStop closed down. You know, I, I should have gotten stock. I, as much as many games I've bought for my kids over the years. Uh, I mean, I've been <laughs> it's to like, that, like a vested uh, interest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, I didn't. Look, I play the stock market, and uh, you know, I I downloaded. I, I actually downloaded Robinhood, the app, whenever my my son was trading stocks. Right. And so I started getting on that and I started trading some stocks. But, uh, man, I, I tell you what, I'm getting the great stories of people, you know, just, you know, stock skyrocketing and buying at $8. And, but to, to answer your question, though, how about yourself? I did not. I did get in on the AMC action. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm still pissed off at GameStop because I still don't have a PS5. So, you know what I mean? Like, they, they've already What's let that? me down. I yeah, know. I didn't know. I wouldn't even know. Thank and, and when this all happened with this, uh, you know, crazy meme stocks or whatever it's been, I'm thinking GameStop. And then I'm like, I'm looking at the whole backstory of it. And this is craziness. And uh, but no, I didn't. You know, I should have. I think every parent that, you know, that's raised kids through a generation where it's nothing but video games. I mean, right. you should have at least 10, you know, just low. That should be part of the loyalty card to give you stock. But I've seen some great stories and I've seen it. I saw it today, RJ. It's down. It's it's down to like 130 or something like that but craziness man interesting um well so that was my natural segue because um the pro bowl this year was a video game it was all madden um which kind of leads me into um lot lots of super bowl stuff for the players there's lots of swag bags like Mm -hmm. anywhere they go there's lots of free stuff what's some of the free stuff you got people that's the stuff people really want to know like what are the cool things it doesn't have to be like a gadget maybe it was a cool shirt you liked you know a cool well i mean i had i had super bowl you know some of the stuff i don't have anymore i mean i again i think the novelty kind of wears off um but i had uh two super bowl jackets 
Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my the one that uh, my son he uh, right. he found. I told I told that story last week. He's got one of them. Um, I think you know for us, uh, my our whole jackpot was the Super Bowl tickets because they gave us thirty tickets back then. You got thirty and tickets, like each 30, player. Thirty tickets, absolutely. I, and I, wow. I know it's changed now because it's like gold. You know, tickets are what five hundred dollars a piece now. Oh, and that's way beyond face that. That's that's yeah. face value. Right, right. right. I mean, I'm not talking about once you go through a broker or <laughs> someone buys it, right? And I think I think they do that. I'm not for sure. Uh, no, I never did it. Uh, those those game stuff. But yeah, yeah, so so that was that was the I would say that was a mother load right there, man. Is when you got all those tickets. Of course, if you have 50 relatives, you're thinking you're delegating. Okay, you're going, you're going, you're not going. Obviously, your immediate family, your parents, and you know, right. you're, you're married, kid, or whatever. Uh, they're going to go, but they can allocate 30 of those tickets. You get 10 of those tickets on a 50 yard line. So 50 wow. yard line tickets. Yeah. So if you get those, this is going to, I'm allocating that because that's going to pay for all these people I'm bringing out to the Super Bowl. Right. Right. So you're bringing 10 people. So guess who's paying for it? You're paying for it. So you allocate that and you give the, you allocate the other tickets. And then, yeah, I think it was about 30 tickets. I may be exaggerating. It seemed like thirty, but it's it's like a stack of, uh, well, it, it's like a checkbook. Know, it's about it's about six inches, so that's about how many hundred dollar bills you got. You got. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of questions about this. But back to the swag. I mean, there was uh, hats uh, at the time. Reebok was a was a major right. player sponsor. Apex. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Uh, but of course. Was, yeah. Well, Apex. They had the hats, and it was more the the apparel because the mm-hmm. shoes were horrible and i remember we used to have to wear so the apex signed a uh, like a exclusive contract with right with the nfl so we had to wear their shoes and their shoes were garbage man <laughs> i mean they were garbage but we had to wear it we'd wear nike and then we'd paste the you know take the logo on the side of the shoes so we wouldn't get fired for it but reebok they have i have to pull up some of these pictures that was back in the air pump days where they had right I don't know if you don't remember a little pump on the side yeah, yeah. And so I think I remember, I think it was Atlanta. I'll have to go back. And I had these really ugly looking at the time. I thought they were really disability and cool as hell. You pump them up and they're like three different colors. They're like fluorescent, they're orange, and just just out of context of what you wear. But that was what's going. But yeah, I mean, that was, to me, the apparel, the jackets, the hats, and then the Super Bowl tickets, man, was the, was the gravy on it. Okay, I have again. I have a lot of questions about the tickets. Go ahead. Right. That's I'm, what we're I, here. We're, right. we're going down the memory lane because that's yeah. Well, what that's, I have to do. I'll here's be the old thing: man, live in the memories, right? Yeah, like not there aren't a lot of people on Earth that have played <laughs> in Super Bowls and have experiences. So, so fire away. So uh, I imagine if you have thirty. Uh, this isn't one of my questions, but it's a matter of like being as efficient as possible with your family, right? Like if yeah. you have, if you have like two cousins from one, you know, aunt and uncle, you're like, sorry, man, only you get to, you know what I mean? So you can kind of, you can get the most people to enjoy it, right? Like you've got to be really but efficient. Dude, about I have 65 first cousins, RJ. <laughs> I, that's a true story. So it, it wouldn't apply right. to that, but I, to your point, right. yeah, I get it. 
So, but I, I think about this every year. Um, and I think the first person that kind of made me think about it was Russell Wilson. Uh, when he mm-hmm. talked about the first Super Bowl the Seahawks went to, the one they won, he, he consulted with a lot of people that had been in Super Bowls before because, mm-hmm. like, you're getting – at the time, you're getting ready to play the biggest game of your lives. You don't have the time to call 30 people, set up 30 flights, you know, set up all the hotels, but that has to happen. So, like, what was mm-hmm. the – like, did your wife help you? Did, did the Cowboys have somebody? Like, what, 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 what goes on there – you know, because all that, did you make everybody else make their own arrangements? Like, you know, like, and everybody's different, you know what I mean? But like, all of that has to happen. So who takes care of that? Well, it was good because the Dallas Cowboys, they had a travel company and right uh, I believe her name was K-Day, not K-Day. I'm trying to think of what her name was, but uh, she was in charge of, of travel. So we just called her and actually at the time and, and they had a charter flight. So all the people you know, oh, your that's family, they would go, yeah. yeah and you just, you'd get on the, the airplane and fly to the Super Bowl. Uh, and so that made it really easy. And then, you know, the tickets to your point, who's going, who's not going, I'm sorry. You know, if I haven't right. talked to you in 10 years or, or however long, you're not going. Mm-hmm. And people come out of the woodwork. And I, I think the, 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 the greatest story about the Super Bowl for me, is like people come out of the woodwork. When I was in when I was in high school, I was a tremendous baseball player, and I'm not just bragging. I mean, I was I was legit. I was badass. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I, I thought I was, but uh, people told me I was. Maybe they were lying to me. So I had this coach, and I told him I, in my sophomore year, going to my junior year, I was, was going to commit to just all that football, working right. out, and just being a warrior, and we're going to play baseball. So he tells me, he goes, you know what? You're making a huge mistake. I'm like, it was Coach Edwards. And, and, and we went to the Little League World Series. I played baseball and all select leagues for eight or nine years. He goes, Tony, because I got to tell you something. If you decide to just go football only, you're a huge mistake. You'll never play at the next level. And I just kind of looked at him and said, really? Because he was Ooh. he was pissed off because I wasn't going to play. I said, okay, well, fast forward, oh. Super Bowl 27. Guess who the first guy was to call <laughs> me up and ask for Super Bowl tickets? Wow. It was my coach Edwards. I said, hey, coach, I said, weren't you the same guy that told me I'd never make it? <laughs> said, yeah, but you know what? I'm, I was only kidding. And uh, I ended up, I think I ended up giving him Super Bowl tickets to the game. But, uh, but yeah, so I delegated that. And then another story is like when my dad, I, my dad, my dad and I were like really best friends. We lived together at the time and, and um, I was divorced at the time. And so we were like, you know, we were Bats brothers. You know? <laughs> we were like Bats, he lived with me. So he went to the Super Bowl, and after the game, they had this post-party, RJ, and you just – this one was in Atlanta. And so you just go out and celebrate, and uh, my dad was on that charter flight. Well, I told my dad I was going to bed because I, in, I invited – had a guest, special guest there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn in. I said, hey, don't forget the missed up. You got that charter flight at 8 o'clock in the morning. Because, oh, I'm good, Tony. So uh. – he, so the next morning I get this call like at 7.30 and goes, Dad, he goes, and he goes, I go, Dad? He goes, yeah, son, um, I, about that flight, I missed the charter flight. So I'm like, you missed the charter flight. So I show up at the airport and you know, back then it was a little different. Show up, he had the same, he, he, he hadn't gone to bed. He had the suit on that he had and I had the suit at the post-Super Bowl party. So he ended up having to go back to, I got him a flight back to Dallas, but the, the, the whole moral of the story is it's so much fun. 
there's so much going on. You're like, you know, just tell me how much it is and I'll pay for it. Right. Once you get there, you're on your own. And, um, you know, that's what it's about. And back to the whole like Zoom Super Bowl and everything, you know, the rings and watching on TV is probably going to be huge as far as people watching it, but it's not going to have the energy that you would have. And I think you're getting deprived of that. But on the flip side of that, the thing that won't change is the rings and the trophies. You'll get that. But I think if if I, I, and I look back and I'm thinking, RJ, think about when we weren't able to go through that whole, the experience, the two weeks before the height, you know, the, you know, flying people out there and everything. I think it'd be feel like you're a little deprived once you've done it, been through it and lived it and you experienced it. And you look back and like, that'd be the only thing I would be uh, just a little bittersweet, not being able to experience that. Right. And we both obviously acknowledge there are far bigger problems in the world oh, than, yeah. than the Absolutely. Super Bowl. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been fortunate to have gone to the last four Radio Rows mm-hmm. and I went to the game in Houston, the 28-3 mm-hmm. game. And I like all week, like during during media night that they did on NFL Network, just thinking like, you know, it's for some some guy like you're fortunate you got to go to two in a row. But, and, and some of these chiefs obviously have gone to two in a row. Tom Brady's obviously been to a billion. Gronk's been to a billion. But, you know, for some people, this is the only one they'll ever go to. And yeah. it's it's the only chance they'll ever have to, like, be in the charter bus with with like police escorts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just feeling yeah. that energy. Um, and so it really is unfortunate in that sense. Um, but see, like all this is so interesting to me. Like I, I love the week leading up to it and I, something. So again, I've been to, to four radio row weeks, been there at each one for the whole week. And, you know, there's different parties, like people hear the term party, but they're more just like kind of dinners, you know, a lot yeah. of these parties, you've been to a lot of them since, you know, your mm-hmm. playing days have been over. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I talked to you about this a little while ago, or a few months ago, you shared a photo of you and I think it was Russell Maryland at a, at a Super Bowl party, like the week of the game. Um, I have never, <laughs> in the four I've been to, I have never seen active players in the game out and about and you guys in the photo you looked rather chill it's not like you guys were doing keg stands or something like that um but again like it it just kind of speaks to it was a different time in in the nfl that you could you could go out the the week of the game you know what i mean like you could i'm sure maybe you even went to dinner or something which now it's now it's so structured and so organized and it's very different well we went out i mean we had a curfew you know i think on tuesday monday i think we went out there on a sunday um, and then we, you know, we did media day. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. I don't know, but we had a day off and our curfew was like one o'clock. So I mean, uh, Jimmy, um, gave us opportunity to go out there and enjoy ourselves, you know, be, you know, just be accountable, be mature, make good decisions. And, uh, during the week, everyone was fine. I mean, I know during the course of the Super Bowl. There's always a story like guys going out and, right. you know, like whether it's Bourbon Street, wherever it is, there's always one dude that does something stupid. But uh, you go there, you're going to have to experience it. You're going to have to go out and just walk around and just enjoy it. Now, you know, it's it's different now with social media and with phones. Right. And you have a phone, everyone has a phone, so you got to be cognizant of that. But he allowed us to go out and, and enjoy ourselves. And, you know, for me, that was part of the experience. I mean, you can't you can't do lockdown. You know, of course, they don't do it now, but um, but yeah, I think that that's part of the whole process. And to your point about kind of being a little deprived, you Mm -hmm. mentioned some guy you'll never get back. You'll never you never know. You you may not ever go back. I mean, you may go to it. You may win back, go to back to back and 
that may be it. You don't know. So to be able to not experience that, man, that's what you do. You know, Russell and I went out and did this this expose for Sports Illustrated. It was it was it's basically stage where we went out. And we visited all these landmarks in L.A. Uh, we went to the Playboy Mansion. We hung out with Hugh Hefner, and it was cool. Uh, but we were home by one o'clock. I mean, guys guys make their own decisions. Right. And I said this is during this week. It's how you compartmentalize all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Your know, guys will compartmentalize that. And if you've been there before, you'll, you'll make good decisions and guys won't, but it's, as long as there's nothing outside the, the family and guys get right. in trouble and everything, cause that becomes a distraction. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. One of my favorite lines um, from y'all's first trip, um, I don't know who he was speaking to, but I've seen the clip a thousand times. Ken Norton is doing an interview, and he's wearing sunglasses. It's like it's like a black room that he's in. Um, right. And, and he talks about he talks about how the Bills have been there before. And he's like, I wouldn't call losing twice an advantage, whatever. Uh, but in the documentary that I've seen him say, he says, we were a Hollywood team. Like, we thought yeah. we were Hollywood and we were actually in Hollywood. Like that's- We were Hollywood. And, and that's a good uh, that's one of the best lines I've heard, because I think Pac-Man and I think even to a certain point now is that that brand and that star and we were good and we were engaging. I mean, people engage with this and you know, the personalities, we don't have to go back and look at that. I mean, that's, a, it was a mixed bag, man. I mean, guys in, embrace that. And, you know, I think that I, I saw, read something today, Frank Clark, and he was, he was talking about, and I forgot the headline. I think maybe you saw, I think it's pro football weekly. They said at the moment, that's when stars, that's, that's when, that's when warriors, uh, I think it was in, in, in that context, in that text, if you're that's a champion when, at heart, you turn on the fire when it matters. That's what yeah. It so, and that's what we were. We're champion at hearts. And you turn that desire to go make plays. And regardless of what we did and regardless of what teams do, that's what you're paid to do. And that's what you're expected to do. 
Now, if you don't do it, then there's going to be consequences. Coaches will, will penalize you, and however it, it may be. And, and, you know, Jimmy was good at that. But to be able to take, not experience that, man, uh, I think that's part of the memories, RJ. The little things that you don't hear about, the things we went out and we went down to, you know, different clubs and uh, the Roxy, the Rox, excuse me, the Roxbury. I mean, all these different clubs, the Viper Room. Uh, and just being able to experience, man, and just the adulation of people. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 really cool, man. I want to keep doing this kind of behind the curtain stuff, but I do want to <laughs> I do want to surprise pop quiz you. Um, okay. obviously, obviously, you won two in a row, but the the more fun one was Pasadena. I think everybody agrees. Like it, it was different. It was the Rose Bowl was the first, and so for the purposes of this conversation, we'll focus on that with regards to the surprise pop quizzes. Uh, so in that game, Tony, you mentioned it, Super Bowl twenty seven. There were four players on the Dallas Cowboys that had a sack in that game. Can you name the four? Uh, Charles Haley. Okay. Um, You're one for one. Uh, Jimmy Jones. Wrong. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Jones caused a fumble. Um, Jimmy Jones. Tony Tolbert. Wrong. Uh, Jim Jeffcoat. That's correct. You got two halfway home. Uh, Ken Norton. Incorrect. Um, okay. Russell Maryland. Incorrect. It felt like everybody got one of these. I agree. <laughs> so, t- oh, t- Leon Lett. That's three. You're missing one more. Okay. Uh, I think it, I'm trying to think of who. And that wasn't Leon Lett. I know it wasn't me. I was trying my kill. That's the thing that I was trying to do. And you try to just be get your name announced to, to this one's fifty billion people. A little bit less obvious than your than your than a defensive lineman. That's that's a clear. Uh, it's a defensive back. It's uh, Thomas Everett. That's correct. All right. All right. So you got your. Sack. I know we had like eight or nine t- turnovers in that game. It's like still a Super Bowl record. Right. So um, I won't make you guess all of these. Um, but I will tell you there were three Cowboys that had interceptions. I'll tell you them. Thomas Everett had two. So Thomas Everett had two interceptions mm-hmm. and a sack. Pretty nice day. James Washington, of course, the, the best safety for the Cowboys ever, number 37, and Larry Brown, who would go on to win the Super Bowl MVP three years later. There were, to your point, Tony, five Cowboys who recovered a fumble. Uh, one of them recovered two. Can you name these five? You've named a bunch of these players already um, in well, different capacities. Jimmy Jones reco- reco- recovered a fumble in the end had, zone. He had two. So he's he's one, but okay. he's one name, but he had two. Okay. And that's Ken Norton. Um, that's correct. And I'll tell you one because technically uh, Troy Aikman did recover a fumble and they do have him listed. So we won't count that one. So you're missing two. So more. is there four then instead of five, right? Correct. So you've got Ken Norton and you've got Jimmy Jones. Um. So I said Jimmy Jones, and I said uh, Ken Norton. Ken Norton. Um, I got two more, right? Yeah, and you have said one of these names already. Oh, the Charles Haley. No, sir. Um, Russell Maryland. Incorrect. He was. He was. He was too busy. He was hanging out with Hugh Hefner. Um. Let's see. Dang it. All right. So I had Jimmy Jones and I said Ken Nord, right? Yep. James James Washington. 
No, but he did have the interception. So it, was, it wasn't a bad day for James. Um, okay. So, Tony Tolbert? No. I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll, I'll clue you in. Um, gosh, dang. I know this. It's a Jimmy Jones, <laughs> Ken, Ken Norton. It's not J-Dub. Um, God. Oh, Leon Lett. Yeah, I, that's the one. That's one that I'm surprised because yeah. that's the Don yeah. Beebe play. Oh man, come on, man! That was like <laughs> we watched that play. We've been watching that for twenty something years. Uh, and one more that would be this one. Um, I wouldn't have gotten. I know. I, you you could have given me a thousand tries. I wouldn't have gotten it. Kind of an obscure kind of no, would, something under the radar. I wouldn't that, say uh, that. That sounds a little little not as cool but kind of kind of like the thomas everything it's a db and so again like your your mind with this particular category runs to all the defensive linemen um let's go with uh was it uh kevin smith no it was clayton holmes oh dang i'm sorry clayton <laughs> <laughs> but to, to your point it seemed like everyone had a turnover or an interception that game which right. is remarkable how many takeaways and just how that game just kind of spun out of control right because of that so that leads me to my next question at what point in the game and like you don't have to say like oh when there was like six minutes and 18 seconds left on the <laughs> in the third quarter but like at what point did you tony casillas realize holy crap we're gonna win the super bowl i'm i'm gonna have a super bowl ring i'm you know what i mean like because i i have to imagine those thoughts go through your head like what what maybe it was the i don't know the clayton holmes fumble recovery like whatever you know like what was the moment that, that you allowed yourself to kind of breathe that way um i'm trying to think so the second half you know the first half was was relatively close but we i mean the defense really we kind of turned it around and then um I think it was when Michael Irvin made a touchdown. I think the third or fourth, the fourth quarter. Whenever, um, whenever we it got got out of hand, mm -hmm. um, we ended up winning fifty-two seventeen. Um, obviously, uh, but I think probably with five minutes left, I looked on the sideline. I saw Jimmy kind of, kind of glimmer a little smile, right. and I'm thinking, okay, we're actually going to win the Super Bowl. But really, it just didn't really resonate until we actually, after the game, and you were mm -hmm. sitting in the locker room and like, we actually won the Super Bowl. But yeah, after that, and then obviously when we, uh, I think when it was right at the end, when we poured, uh, did the Gatorade shower on Jimmy. Um, but I would say probably about four minutes into the game, um, and then they start passing out the, the hats. Oh, whenever, nice. Whenever they... Whenever they start passing out the Super Bowl hats, you're they like, passed okay, them out. I, but so, like before the 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 game was technically over, they were passing oh, yeah. these out. Yeah, oh, I, that's think, awesome. I think it was probably like a minute left. I mean, or something <laughs> like that. I think we're I think we're good. Okay. Then the gap with then the gap with uh, with you know Leon Lett running down the end. You know what? To me, I, I think it's fun to watch and right. the fact that you know I don't even know what the over and under was that game. I don't know how much money traded hand if it was or was not. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe if it was a prop bet. Think about that if it's a prop bet. If a defensive lineman runs around, one, you know, runs for a touchdown, I mean, you went. But I we didn't. I didn't even think of that until now. I mean, we've watched that. You know, it's like one of the gaps of the all-time Super Bowl plays in a game. And But, yeah, I think whenever they start handing the hats out, whenever Jimmy got the Gatorade shower, messed up his hair, which mm -hmm. was 
it looked like it just dried on impact. It just kind of repelled. The water repelled his <laughs> like, hair. Like, like the so pants. Sick. The pants, yeah. the water just slides yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I think whenever they pass the hats out and you're like, okay, we did this. Right we on. accomplished what people didn't think we could accomplish. And we're the Super Bowl champions and we're freaking going to go celebrate until the, the cows come home. Right on. Um, did you catch any of Michael Jackson at halftime? Any of it? You know what? I, we we saw him walking by because we like everyone. You know, we had to. This was on the you know on our way in the locker room, and I, we did see get a glimpse of Michael Jackson. But you know that's the thing about it. Do you think about the whole the ambiance, the whole uh, you know the focus on that particular halftime show, which to me I think was was a tremendous you know was a was a tremendous um, game in itself. I mean, the, the, but obviously the game, but the, the entertainment. You had Garth Brooks singing the national anthem, and you had Michael Jackson, the greatest pop, the king of pop of right. all time. And uh, it, it was great, man. And, and, and that's the thing that you, you, you look forward to. or you, you don't take enough time to realize the magnitude of it. And so that was pretty cool, man. To me, to this day, I think it's probably the greatest. You know, there's been some, there's been some dud Super Bowl halftime shows. And there's been some good ones, but right. I think it's hard to one up Michael Jackson, man. He, um, the, the coolest part about it is, and I know you didn't watch it live. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it a thousand times since, but how he just holds it at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just, he maintains that, that presence or whatever you want to call it. That is super sick. I would say my personal favorite is Bruno Mars. It's super Bowl oh, yeah. 48. Yeah. That, that was really that great. Be, yeah, absolutely. And, but th like you kind of hit on it. You said the word magnitude, like, and this is a great kind of way to end it. My favorite thing, I love the Super Bowl almost more than I love the NFL. Um, because, like, if you think about it, everything that has to do with the Super Bowl is the biggest thing ever, right? Like, for the mm -hmm. camera operator, it's the biggest, it's the Super Bowl of, of camera operating, mm -hmm. right? Like, for the announcers, it's it's the Super Bowl of announcing. The referees, like, for ev it's not just the, like, the, the greatest game that uh, the players can play in. It's the greatest thing that, like, all the walks of life and careers and outlets and whatever that get to there, like, it is the pinnacle of all of those professions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is, I mean, like, maybe you could say, like, for Jim Nance, you know, who will call this game, you know, Augusta's a bigger, you know, or bigger accomplishment, whatever. There are very few exceptions. But that's my favorite thing is that, like, for, for Michael Jackson at the time, maybe, it was the biggest performance of his lifetime. Time, right for the weekend this week it'll be the biggest performance of his lifetime like there's like that that is so cool to me that it is like that epic in that grand of a stage and so that's why like i have to imagine when you win it like the locker room afterwards guys just be the coolest thing in the world yeah i mean it's a band within itself think about it it's a super bowl it's nfl but then it's just the the magnitude of, of the audience and really what you've always dreamt of, man, think about it. I mean, every kid that's played football that has aspirations to continue to, to play and, and go on, you, you sit around and dream about that. In the backyard, you're playing, okay, uh, Joe Montana being drops right. back or pass, or Tom Brady drops back, Patrick Mahomes, you're, you're those guys. And you're thinking, man, that's what I want to do. And it all comes back full circle, man. And that's, mm -hmm. when, you're, that's when it's so surreal. You can't wrap your, 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 your brain around. I mean, people ask me, you know, what's it like to play? And I'm like, it's really an out-of-body experience mm -hmm. because you're thinking, damn, everything is just, it's like Neverland. You know, it's just, everything is just, it, it doesn't look real. And it's, it's kind of a fantasy and it's, and it's just a football game, but it's not. 
when people always say, oh, it's just another football game, come on, man. Who are you lying to? You're kidding stuff. It's not another football game. It's a huge, huge event. I read a, a really great article. It was, it was published last week, but I read it on Monday night. Um, and it was about losing the Super Bowl and how difficult mm-hmm. it is to get back. And actually, it's it's I think it was Sports Illustrated. I think it was Greg Bishop that wrote it. Um, I'm sorry if I'm getting that incorrect. Um, and there was a big kind of profile on Dan Quinn there and talked about and you're fortunate, obviously, that you want to and, and won them back to back. But talked about how he and, and Pete Carroll after the Malcolm Butler year, how they brought in uh, like mental health coaches, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just just to process losing what you just described, you know what I mean? Like, because it, it is a difficult thing to go through. And it, it was a really fascinating perspective on obviously you guys were a legitimate dynasty, but like what the Bills did was insane, you know, like, but, but it just gets dismissed because they didn't win one. Um, but it is what it is. My last one, because I don't think I've ever asked you this. You talked about being Joe Montana in the yard or whatever. Who were you when you, b- b- before Coach Edwards had you playing baseball, when you were in the backyard and you were playing, like, who were you, like, imagining yourself to be? Who was your, like, who was your guy, your football guy? You know, I, I think that maybe, uh, I remember watching the 85 Bears when I was, uh, when I was a, uh, that was my senior year of college, give away my age. But I remember thinking, remember the, the fridge, whenever that was his persona, that's when his brand. Right. And I'm thinking, you know what? I want to be William Refrid, the fridge Perry because I want to get the ball and I want to run and <laughs> score touchdowns. And that would be the only closest. That'd be, but I, I think, and then you, you look at the past grades, um, you know, anyone, anytime anyone would play in a Super Bowl, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Ken Stabler, I mean, whoever was relevant, Dan Marino, um, you know, obviously these are the guys that I, you know, that I look, I admired and watched and uh, Howie Long, uh, Randy White. I mean, I remember watching when I was a young boy, young kid, is Randy White and Harvey Martin got co-MVPs. I'm thinking. Right. Only time ever. Man. Yeah. It's, and you're thinking, you know what, it, and, you know, the whole, the phrase of, uh, hey, hey, Tony, where are you going? You just won the Super, you won, Super right. Bowl MVP. Where are you going? I'm going to Disneyland. Oh, it's like, damn, when you, you start thinking about all this craziness, like, yeah. hey, I want to do that. And, uh, but yeah, all the MVPs, especially, it's like, I want to be like that guy. I want to do something crazy, remarkable in the Super Bowl. And maybe that can be me. But, you know, I'm, obviously, I think John, uh, James Washington probably should have gotten it. Uh, maybe a co-MVP in Super Bowl 28. Emmett rushed over 100, you know, 124 yards, got the MVP. Mm-hmm. It's more of a sexy pick to be an offensive player. That's right. where he got it the year before. But, uh, boy, he had a hell of a game, though. I mean, right. if anyone argued argument to be an MVP, but, yeah, just to be able to, to, to kind of dream of that. And that's the thing about it. You start dreaming about this stuff at night where you go to the game, like, okay, I got to do this, this, and that, and then maybe I can be that guy that they ask, hey, Tony, you want where you just won the Super Bowl MVP Super Bowl, where you going? I'm going to Disneyland. Never right. happened, but hey, nevertheless, the fact that you're there in on site to be able to experience and right. bring that and live it is I, pretty special. I also think like you guys, you want like it's. I mean, there's no bad way to win the Super Bowl, but you want it at at one of football's greatest venues. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. you're it, right. It's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's better than winning the Super Bowl in Tampa. It, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the better weather than there, the, just the pageantry of the Rose Bowl right. where it's at. I mean, there is no venue that I can even imagine 
that's better outside venue that is stored and it's that old that you can play a game in a venue like the one in Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's nothing like it. Yeah, and I think like the like the, the stars. I mean, Hollywood. Everyone right. there. Remember John John Travolta was sitting like three rows back. I mean, you have all these who's who, and yeah, it's just crazy madness, man. And that's like you're like again, if if a Super Bowl win was like a book, y'all's is y'all's has the best cover. Y'all's has the the pages are made out of the best type of paper. You know, like because again, like. If it, if it were me, I would be like, yeah, Troy was Troy was our MVP that year, right? And, like, again, even that story, like the California guy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just – it's a perfect story in, in every way. And so, like, oh, that's my last question. What what was that like? Are y'all just on the sideline and, like, does Tony Tolbert go, yeah, Troy won MVP? Like, you know, does, does, the, does the word start spreading along the sideline yeah, like that? You, yeah, you, you kind of – I think Rich Dalrymple, he puts the guys who had a uh, PR, has been doing it forever. <laughs> Now that dude could write a book. My gosh, I mean, that would be a bestseller. Um, so that's kind of like uh, that's that's when you sign a waiver that you will never disclose information. Right. But it, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, it just kind of starts to you know spread through the sideline. And yeah, I mean, Troy had a phenomenal game. And uh, yeah, that's the thing about it, man. It's a quarterback. You have a pretty you got a pretty good chance of getting MVP. Like if you're Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, both of them have before. I mean, you're you're going to be the hero or the goat in that game. And if you're the hero, uh, you got to proud nine times out of t- nine out of ten times you're going to be the MVP. Right. So, um, who wins? Pretty smart. Who wins on Sunday? I got the Bucks. I mean, I, I really I, I've been thinking I've been going back and forth with this RJ. I just really look at the 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 defense for the Buccaneers. I think they have enough playmakers like Frank Clark. A lot of guys that I'm oh, sorry, that's Kansas City, but I'm. On Tampa Bay, but Frank Clark's a hell of a playmaker in <laughs> Kansas City. But Buccaneers. Um, well, they've I got they've they got all a, those guys: Shaq Barrett and, and Vita yeah, Vea I mean, and they, JPP and yeah, everything. Yeah, and uh, the tremendous linebacker, the rookie linebacker, and so I think that they match up well, and I think that they can create enough turnovers. And look, I think it's all going to get down to if Tampa Bay is able to get turnovers and get down in the red zone. Will Tampa Bay be able to score? And I think the answer to that question, unlike Buffalo, I think they will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like—I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I really do. But I, I like the Bucks. I um, I do too. And I—I I mean, it, it's so hard because like you feel so stupid picking against the Chiefs, right? You feel so stupid picking yeah. against Tom Brady. And I just—I mean. I don't know. I, I would rather be wrong this way. I guess maybe that's the best way to put it. Um, I also, I want to see the home team win, you know, like in, in Tampa, you know, I, I want to see that. Like I want to be able to, to have seen that in my life. And, you know, it's a really unique thing. I know that obviously there aren't uh, fans where we'd all want them to be there this year. Um, I also, I think that, I think every football fan went through a phase where they hated Tom Brady, right? Like, cause it was annoying and whatever. And I think ultimately everybody reaches a point of acceptance, right? Like, okay, he's the goat, but let's just experience it. Let's just enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I want to see this, like, I, I want to see this, this extra, you know, charm added to his bracelet, you know, this extra stone in his infinity gauntlet. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see him first year with the Bucks go do it because I don't think anybody else can do that except for him. And so I, I really want to just kind of enjoy that and see it. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of surreal too. When I was watching that, that interview with him and Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, I'm like, I cannot believe he's in the damn Super Bowl. 
I mean, the whole story of him going—it's just a—it's—it's it's crazy. It's that, stupid. That, it, it's not real. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking, did that just happen? I mean, think about the whole. It, I mean, it's like a his his uh his story and Tom Brady's would be a great Netflix series oh. because it's <laughs> it's ten Super Bowls and when it has a chance to win seven rings and just how. You know, and I think a lot of people in, in Belichick is getting on, a lot of people pulling all these different theories out there that people, you know, that in players, they like to go there to play for Tom Brady. And I really believe that. I mean, uh, you have to have a good coach, but after a while, you got to have him to kind of keep, you know, everything glued together. And he just seems like a great dude to play for uh, because, you know, he, he kind of exudes, uh, exudes someone that has – more fun than obviously Bill Belichick. Right. And I think that the, the whole story, it would be a great Netflix series. And like I said, I'm sitting here watching this. I, I cannot believe that Tom Brady, what, eight or nine, how many months ago was this retired, you know, was in or a year ago was in new England. Mm-hmm. And now he was in Tampa Bay and he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it's nuts. 11. <laughs> it's 11th Super Bowl. That, th- think 11th of, Super think, Bowl. think about sorry, this. 11th. Yeah. Th- this is the 50th. He's been to 10th. Yeah, this is the 55th Super Bowl. Yeah. And it will be his, he has literally played in 20% of all Super Bowls. It's just stupid. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And so I, I agree with you. Um, and so it will be cool. I think they are doing something. I think there is a series. I forget where, but I think there, it might be Netflix or Disney Plus, but there is a series I remember reading that is being worked on. I mean, you, you, need, you need multiple seasons of a series to tell this dude's story. <laughs> and like, I, this is my last thing. My favorite part about who Tom Brady is now is, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but I don't know what you thought about the Patrick Reed situation at Torrey Pines. Uh, that was a whole different speaking, thing. Speaking deep in the weeds. Right. But, but like in, in a very small vacuum, what is super impressive to me about what Patrick Reed did is that he went out and balled out on Sunday, right? Like with all this, what, you know, self-induced to a degree pressure on him, that is impressive, right? That he could with, with all this attention and target on his back that he could play tremendous golf that way. That's a strong, that's a strong minded person there. Right. Kind of reminds you of Tiger, you know, to be able to compartmentalize all that. And to that point, you know, the deflate gate stuff since the deflate gate stuff, that was the 2014 AFC championship game. Um, Tom Brady has now, since that moment, Tom Brady has been to five of seven Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, he was all, like, he was arguably the goat at that moment, right? Just already. And like somebody like that poked him in the eye and pissed him off. You know what I mean? And, and just like awoke this beast that we now see. And so I'm just, it's, it's enjoyable to watch. I hope they win. Well, and, and, and to the point about how many Super Bowls he's been to think about the <laughs> AFC in the last, you know, the last 12 years or however long, I mean, they've dominated that. Like it's no one else has a chance So think right. about that. Now you got Kansas city or not, you know, Kansas city obviously is an AFC, but I'm just saying now he's in an NFC, uh, but it may be, Maybe Kansas City, if they win the Super Bowl back to back, they'll be the modern day version of the New England Patriots. That mm-hmm. remains to be seen and go to all the Super Bowls. But it's it's nuts, man. Well, uh, this was fun going down memory lane. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, um, looking forward to next week talking about the game that we all saw. Hopefully the Bucks do get the win. Everybody have a great week. We will see you next Tuesday. This was 
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.